I'm going to uh, start with a little bit of a story about me. I know lots of you don't know me, and so I'd like to share a bit of a story as a way of an introduction and also a way of looking at this big picture theme of how God is getting through to us. So I grew up uh, in a Christian family. Um, my parents are Catholic, and so I did all the sort of standard um, Catholic things, went to Catholic primary school and college, and then while I was younger was an altar server and um, a minister of the liturgy to children, um, did as many Catholic things as I could, really, apart from becoming a priest, which I lucked out on uh, in that sense. But we also, um, so I, was, I always knew that God um, was there, but I can distinctly remember a time when, I, when God sort of got through to me for the first time. And we used to go to Tocha Springs Christian camps uh, every January and as a family. And I can particularly remember, I think I was nine or ten, um, and in the children's program we'd been hearing about different people that had um, given up their life, literally, um, as a martyr for God. And they weren't just stories of people a long time ago. There were current sort of examples and stories. And the one that I particularly remember was a story from the Columbine High School shooting, which took place over um, probably about 10, 10 or 12 years ago now, and uh, one student who was just walking around in a high school and was approached by another student who had a gun, and he asked her if she believed in God, and when she said she did, um, she was killed for her faith. And I remember hearing this story and thinking that I so wanted the conviction and the faith to be able to live my life for God so much that I could make that choice if I had to, but I knew that I needed to become closer to God um, and to really give my life uh, to him in that sense. And so I can remember leaving camp, um, driving out from Tocha Springs with my dad in the car and making the decision for myself um, to live my life for God. And that was the first time I can distinctly remember um, God getting through to me in that sense. So I think this week also God has gotten through to me. Um, So it's happened in my past, and for you, you can probably remember the first time as well, but it happens on a daily basis as well. And this week I was working away in the office and working on this message and a few things for the service and I felt like I needed a change of scenery, uh, which sometimes helps to get out of the office and sit somewhere different. And so I was graciously allowed to leave work. Um, did I even ask? I don't think I did. Anyway, um, it was a minute. And so I left, left work. And I still don't live on the shore yet, so I had to trek back over the bridge. Yep. Um, and so I was driving across the bridge and saw this amazing rainbow, and it was sort of like a huge full arc one, not just one of those kind of half ones. Um, and, you know, the half ones are exciting as well, but the full ones are the really, you know, the gold mine. Um, and so I could see it in the distance, and then after the bridge I kind of drove through it, and it was really peaceful and serene, and I was thinking about how the first rainbow that God sent and how he, you know, promised not to destroy the world again, and um, and I was thinking about how you know, close God was, and it was, all, it was all very spiritual. And then a few minutes later, got stuck in the longest traffic queue probably of my life to date. Um, apparently, there was an incident up ahead at Green Lane, which was going to be my, the exit that I was going to take. So I would have been sitting in this queue from just after the bridge for about 45 minutes, um, waiting, and in a manual car, so creeping forward, Um, inch by inch and I tried desperately to cling on to those feelings of like peace and serenity and you know closeness to God in this in this traffic jam Um, but you know how you know how impossible that can feel sometimes Um, but I think God reminded me of the those sort of different experiences we have in life through that like the days when sometimes it's all rainbows and sometimes it's all traffic jams and sometimes they happen on the same afternoon so 
I think God can definitely get through to us through those things as well, and he did uh, this week for me. But there's also been times that God has gotten through to me through the reading, um, my reading of his word. And a few weeks ago, I was reading a passage from uh, Zechariah, which is where I happen to be up to in my Bible reading plan. So it wasn't a passage or a book that I, that I often flick to. Um, and so, first of all, I knew that, that if something, if God was going to speak to me, it would definitely be God because I wouldn't have picked necessarily that passage to look at. And, and he did. And I was feeling a bit discouraged about a few things. Um, but... I want to read the Bible every day, and sometimes it does take the discipline to, um, to pick it up and read it. And so I was reading this passage, and God reminded me of, first of all, his like, huge kingship, just the fact that the victory has already been won um, in sending Jesus, and that I don't have to sort of be the savior myself, which is lucky. Um, but also then he reminded me of his love for young people and for teenagers. And it was really exciting to know that the teenagers that are on my heart are also on God's heart. Um, and that he cares about them as well. So it was perfect timing, and it was encouraging um, that God got through to me through his word. So I think there's lots of different ways that God can get through to us, and some of our youth recently have had some of these experiences for themselves, which is all the more exciting. And so we're going to hear from a few of the girls um, now about some things that have been happening recently. So they're going to join me on the stage now-ish. Yep. Woo! You're a little bit nervous, but you're a lovely bunch, so I'm sure you'll make them feel comfortable. Now, a few months ago over Easter weekend, we went away to Easter camp, um, which you might remember, and so um, Katja and Gemma are going to share about what Easter camp was like for them. Um, hello, my name is Katja, this is Gemma, this is Tyler, and this is Paige, and this year we got the chance to go to Easter camp. I really enjoyed Easter camp. I got to spend time with friends, people who believed in God went to really good seminars and worshipped God. But the event that really amazed me was when Mike Pilavachi called the Holy Spirit into the night meeting. All I can really say is, wow, the things experienced in that room are indescribable. But being there with my friends and everyone around me, having contact with the Lord, was just the most heart-touching experience of my life. I'd have to say the best thing that happened to me at East Camp was seeing my friend being touched by God. Before Easter Camp, he didn't believe in God or anything to do with him. He only really just came for fun. But watching him in that night service, having that special contact with God was just amazing. Knowing that my friend had that life-changing experience just made me feel on top of the world. But most of all, I want to thank Shaw Community Church and Youth for making this happen for me, my friends, and everybody who came with youth to Easter Camp. Because without you all, none of us would have been able to go, and we are all so thankful. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Gemma. Um, the past two years I've had the chance to go to Easter Camp. It's made my relationship with Christ a whole lot stronger. I think being with thousands of other teenagers that share the same experiences and beliefs as you make it all the more better. The meetings are amazing and the atmosphere is awesome because everyone is there for the same reason, to worship Christ. One thing that really stood out for me, like Katja said, was when Mike Pilavachi invited the Lord to come into the night meeting. I saw so many amazing things happen and so many lives changed, including mine. I've only been a Christian for a few years, so it's all pretty new to me, but I'm loving it. I love going to Easter camp and I look forward to it every year because I know it's a place where I can be myself, hang out with friends and worship my almighty God. Awesome. Okay, so 
that was really exciting at Easter Camp a few months ago. And then since then, we've also been uh, going through the God and My Stuff series at youth group that we've been doing um, in morning church and in life groups and kids. So I gave a challenge to the youth at the beginning of the series, and I gave everybody in the youth group $2, a $2 coin. And the idea was for them to think about ways over the series that they could multiply this literally or figuratively um, for um, the glory of God or for to be able to help other people with that money. And so... Uh, Gemma, uh, Paige and Tyler are just going to share about an idea that they had um, to do with the money that we gave them. Do it, Tyler. <laughs> um, we've decided to have a movie night on the 8th of July, which is in two weeks. And with the money, like us four put ours together, so we've got $12. With well, a few other people. Yeah, yeah. and another people. Yeah. But multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we... We're going to use that money to buy movies and stuff and get people to bring some money and, like, multiply that money so we can save up to go on a missionary's trip for at East Timor or something or <laughs> give, them, give them some money to help them. But we're hopefully wanting to fundraise to go there. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> well, okay, you guys want to sit down? Thank you. That's really exciting. Um, I'm really excited about that. I hope you are as well. Um, because um, I love that those girls came up with that idea themselves. I didn't, oh, wow. I didn't tell them, give them any ideas of what they could do with, um, with the money that we gave to them. Um, but they wanted to put on something and then their friends could be, you know, charge their friends to come along and then we're looking into ways that we can fundraise or um, go as a group somewhere to be able to help people. So I was just really excited that that initiative came out of them. Um, and Easter Camp was a really impacting um, time for a lot of our group, and so thank you again for everyone here who supported us and prayed for us while we were away, um, and it's really exciting to hear back from the experiences that those girls had. So, very exciting, lots of different ways that God is getting through to us as a group, but the ultimate way that God got through to us um, as humanity is through Jesus, and not just his dying, uh, I'd like to say. Now, hear me out, I'm not the, the newly appointed youth pastor about to publicly downplay the death of Jesus, um, you'll be pleased to know. So, you know, Reuben can sit back and he doesn't have to get up here and, you know, yank me off the stage. Um, because the truth is, is that the Romans would often force a condemned criminal to carry a cross and then be crucified on it. So it wasn't a rare thing to see a person on a cross. Um, but what made Jesus' death particularly super extraordinary was what it represented, this victory for the kingdom of God and the fact that Jesus conquered death because he died but then didn't stay dead, all right? You'll be aware, hopefully, that most people who die stay dead, okay? Do you want to take a pause to write that down? So it's a gem. Um, I'm not going to challenge you to, to um, make that happen, you know, to test that out for yourself, but it might sound simple, but most people who die do stay dead. Jesus didn't. So we're going to listen to the story about the day that Jesus became undead. Now I'm going to be reading from the Jesus Storybook Bible, so you might like to follow along with me rather than um, in your Bible. But if you're reading in your Bible, we're going to be sort of in Luke 24. But otherwise, the pictures are going to be um, up on the screen behind me, and I will read the story to you in my best storytelling voice. So, <clears throat> Jesus' friends were afraid, so they were hiding in an upstairs room with the door bolted shut. But that didn't stop Jesus. He just walked straight through the wall. It's a ghost, Thomas screamed and hid under the table, but it wasn't a ghost. 
I'm hungry, Jesus said. What's for lunch? Peter gave him a fish. They all hung back and watched him eat it. This can't be, they were telling themselves. It's impossible. It's not happening. But it was right in front of them. Delicious. Jesus wiped his mouth with the back of his hand and grinned. Can a ghost do that? He winked. And then they all laughed. I'm really here, Jesus said. And he really was. Peter's heart leaped with joy and he fell into Jesus' arms, hugging and kissing him. The others followed. They felt their hearts would burst from the happiness. The friends ate together and chatted happily. And every now and then they'd just gaze at Jesus and have to touch him to be sure they weren't dreaming. Jesus had a real body, but this body was better. It had come through death and it couldn't get sick or be killed again. This body would live forever. Jesus had come back with a brand new body. Jesus said, I am the saviour and the rescuer of the world. And they knew, because he couldn't stay dead, because Jesus had become alive again, that somehow everything would be all right. A few days later, as they walked together, Jesus told his friends, it's time for me to go home to my father. When at last they reached the top of the highest hill near Jerusalem, Jesus turned to them and said, Go everywhere and tell everyone the happy news. Tell them I love them so much that I died for them. It's the truth that overcomes the terrible lie. God loves his children. Yes, he really does. Suddenly the whole sky was filled with a dazzling light. Now everyone can come home to God, Jesus said. Death is not the end of you. You can live forever with your Father in heaven because I have rescued the whole world. And something amazing happened. Jesus rose up into the bright air higher and higher. They shaded their eyes and watched him go until a cloud hid Jesus so they couldn't see him anymore. They stood looking up into the sky like that for a long time. Suddenly, two shining men appeared. What are you doing, they asked. Jesus has gone up to heaven, but one day he will come back in the same way you saw him leave. Jesus' friends went back to Jerusalem with a strange gladness inside their hearts and something Jesus said that stuck in their minds. Even though you won't be able to see me anymore, I will never leave you. No, not ever. I will be with you. Yes, always and forever. So the resurrection of Jesus from death stands at the center of our faith. Jesus was the first to rise again, but ultimately we all share in this resurrection life. So while God gets through to us daily through his word, his creation, his closeness through our everyday experiences, this ultimate gift was the life, death, and then resurrection of his son Jesus. When Jesus came back from death, he immediately offers peace to his startled disciples because they were probably freaking out, and I'm sure you can, um, can't blame them like me. But after seeing them, they move through this interesting transition where they want to come closer to him and then eventually touch him just to check if he's real, and then they go and share a meal with him. So Jesus came and ate a fish with his disciples, a sign that he really was real and not a ghost. His body was, it was nail-scarred, but yet it wasn't defeated. So they knew it was the same Christ that they had seen on the cross, but they knew that those nail marks now didn't lead to his death. So what did this experience do for his disciples? What did this ultimate revealing of God's power do for them? Well, it completely changed their lives. It completely changed the way that they thought God was going to move 
um, in their world, in their reality. Jewish people assumed that the resurrection would come at the end of the age, and so to have somebody who came along and claimed he was going to come back from the dead and then actually do it was pretty inconceivable for the people of the time. But at the same, way, at the same time, it's quite interesting that this uh, seeing the resurrected Christ didn't catapult the disciples into this like super-Christian realm because they still dealt with doubt. Jesus in his newly resurrected body was standing right in front of them and they were still confused um, and doubtful and uncertain of what was going on. Fair enough. But it doesn't seem to warrant a telling off from Jesus. Jesus doesn't uh, scold them for not believing that he's there. Instead, he invites them to touch him, to come even closer into his presence, and then they will know that he is real. It's as if God got through to them, and then they moved closer to him. So, for us, what does this do? This ultimate way that God gets through to us, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the same invitation, amazingly, is being offered to us to move closer to Jesus and to be in his presence. God has gotten through to us, and so we draw ourselves closer to him. But we can leave this all sort of out there as nice thoughts or cliches, because you know as well as I do that we will experience joy some weeks and doubts some other weeks, um, like rainbows and traffic jams in the same day. So these things happen, and rather than ignoring the realities of life, um, we foster an awareness of God's closeness, God's presence with us. And I found this can happen in practical ways for me, and I hope that some of these might be able to encourage you, but I'm sure it happens for you as well. So I found this coming through daily surrender to God, even when I don't feel like it, you know, the days when you just don't feel like it, you don't feel like he's there, um, your faith seems small. And so I found that by daily choosing to follow him, I'm moving closer to him through that process, even if it's hard. I found that also it does come through daily reading of the Bible. Um, I want to be able to read the Bible every day, and I want to be so informed by this big story that my life is transformed because of it. But some days I don't feel like reading the Bible. Hopefully that won't lose me my job. But this, this feeling thing is not what we hold on to. We hold on to the faith that the way that God got through to us by sending Jesus uh, is the way that we move closer to him even when the feelings aren't there. I've also found this awareness comes through an honest conversation with God about what's going on. Um, I've been doing a, a bit of a thing in my prayer life called examine, which is when, um, there's a few different ways to do it, but the way that I've read about is thanking God at the end of the day for the day that's been, and then spending some time um, talk, talking with God about the things that have brought life into your day, and then the things that have brought death into the day and the ways that you've been a part of both of those experiences, and talking with God, repenting about the things that you have done that have brought death um, to the people in the world around you, and just honestly coming before him, um, sort of no holds, you know, barred. I also think it comes through having good Christian fellowship and friends, and I would love that um, small groups and life groups and friendships could be a place where we challenge each other and encourage each other on how God is getting through to you, and how you can be encouraged to move closer to him. I think that's the point of Christian fellowship, and I hope that that can be fostered and encouraged um, here as well. So I think these daily reminders of God's close presence um, are the, way, is the ways that God has gotten through to us. And we're going to come up, and the band are going to come up and sing one more song, and I'd encourage you to use this time to think 
maybe to thank God, first of all, for the ways that he is getting through to you and for this ultimate way, um, the death and resurrection of Jesus, but then also maybe to pray for an awareness of how to move closer to him and how to be closer um, to Jesus like the disciples were. Connection Point is a joint production between Connection Resources and Shaw Community Christian Church. If you would like a free copy of today's message, please email us or phone us on 0800 90 30 90. To subscribe to our free podcasts or to listen to the latest message, go to connectionresources.org.nz.